Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. I filed my taxes on April 17th, a day early. My return was very simple, no deductions, yet it cost me almost $200 to file. Let me just say that the mafia isn't the only criminal enterprise in America. I won't name the company I used I used uh, to file my taxes lest I be sued, but if you send me an email, I'll tell you who it was. I probably shouldn't be complaining in these quiet talks about this, but I couldn't help myself. The pain and my wallet are still raw. Naturally, I've been thinking about the need to file my taxes for a long time. When it was finally done, there was a sense of relief, except for that cost, that that I can now put it out of my mind at least for another year. Seems like there are some things that we treat like filing one's taxes that we shouldn't. Some Christians, I'm afraid, think that settling the deal, so to speak, with God is like that. You say the prayer or submit to the baptism or shake the preacher's hand or whatever your particular church tells you to do and then you can put that salvation stuff out of your mind and think about something else, like the next episode of your favorite TV show. But should that eternal transaction really be viewed in that way? Let's see what the Bible says about it. You may be surprised that Jesus Christ never invited anyone to say the sinner's prayer. Did you know this? What did he do? Well, the answer to that is really he did many things, but I want to focus on something Jesus said more than once to what you and I might call prospects. By the way, many churches refer to prospects. In other words, people who they might get to join their church. It's telling that people who sell insurance and cars or whatever also use this term. Makes you stop and think, I hope. So here's what Jesus said a lot to the people we might refer to as spiritual prospects. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And in another instance, as he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. Jesus said, follow me to quite a number of individuals, enough, I think, for us to draw the inference that we should all be doing that. So let's talk for a minute about following. What does this imply? Well, certainly uh, isn't a matter of doing some brief ceremony or saying a prayer and then that's it. Following somebody obviously implies a continuous process. Jesus didn't say, follow me to the corner, then you can go home and forget about it. To follow Jesus was to follow him for life. 
Those disciples who followed Jesus shared his experiences. They became a permanent part of his team. Their lives necessarily changed. Now, think about the act of following. If somebody says, follow me, and you agree, then that person is the one deciding where you go. Jesus didn't tell the disciples to follow him, and he would collaborate with them on the destination. No. As you read the Gospels, it becomes obvious that following Christ was an act of total faith in him. He pointedly did not tell them everywhere they were headed. Quite often, the disciples felt like things weren't going right. When Jesus told them that he was going to Jerusalem to be crucified, Peter took him aside and rebuked him and told him this was not going to be part of the journey. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus Christ? Well, Peter did so. The fact that he did shows us clearly that he didn't think this particular path was the right one for Jesus. By implication, Peter was saying that giving up your life for this divine cause wasn't the right choice for anyone because Jesus made cross-bearing the centerpiece of what it means to follow him. Again, let me state the obvious. Following Jesus is not just something you do on Sunday morning. It is a daily thing. In Luke 9.23, Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily. I'm afraid too many of us see our relationship to Christ as just a part of our lives. We have our jobs, our families, our hobbies, our vacations, our possessions, and we have our religion. Jesus is a part of our lives. I don't want to be shocking here, but I have to tell you with all the sincerity I can muster that Jesus Christ is not the least bit interested in being a part of your life. He desires to be your life, and he commands us to give up our lives to him. In those instances of Jesus calling people to follow him that I shared in the beginning, in both cases, those called left their livelihoods to follow Christ. They left their families. I think that as a father and a grandfather myself, one of the most poignant things in the Bible is this little phrase in Mark chapter 1 where we read, about the call of James and John, and we are told. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Jesus must come before every human relationship we have. That call is not just for missionaries, it's for everyone. Now, you may not immediately be called to quit your job when you follow Christ, but you must be willing to do so if he leads you that way. Two years ago, God called my wife and me to leave behind a very comfortable situation and follow him in a new kind of ministry. When we did that, we had absolutely no promise of support from anybody, anybody except Jesus, that is. I can tell you that it hasn't been easy. But I can also tell you that Jesus never fails. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All these things 
includes everything you need as a human being who has to have food and clothing and many other things for our creaturely existence in this life. When Peter and Andrew and James and John left their fishing boats, Jesus didn't show them his donor list. He didn't give them a copy of the previous year's financials. He just said, follow me. If you feel that call to follow Christ, you can be assured that everything you need now and everything you will ever need is wrapped up in this divine person whom we call the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus left the glories of heaven at his Father's right hand to come to earth to suffer and die for the sins of mankind. That includes my sins and yours. He did that because he loved us with an everlasting love. Have you tasted that love? Do you know that God has loved you with an undying love, a love that would sacrifice an only son, a beloved son? If you have, I urge you to return that love by laying aside the temporal things of this world that draw us all away and set your heart on God. Follow Jesus. You will never be sorry. O Lord Jesus Christ, you have called us, Lord, in love to follow you. There is no greater honor that any man or woman, young person, could have in this life than to hear the voice of God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, call us by name and say, I want you to follow me. Jesus, help us to follow you with all of our hearts. Help us to give up everything for you, Lord Jesus, to be your effective disciples, to spread the gospel and to show the love of Christ in our generation. We pray in your precious name. Amen. Well, my, my dear friend, uh, <clears throat> I and some of my brothers and sisters in Christ are, are seeking to share that love and spread that gospel in the uh, Albany uh, and Schenectady area. It's what they call here the Capital District of New York. and uh, We are meeting uh, in uh, Schenectady right now in the American Legion Hall. We call ourselves the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we meet there at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady every Sunday at 10 o'clock. So please pray for us as we seek to spread the gospel in our area. I pray that wherever you are, you are seeking to spread the gospel, and you're part of a church that is doing the same, that's living for Jesus, following Jesus with all of your heart. So if you don't have a church home, if you live in this area, Come see us Sunday at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.